12 to 1 with Adrian Abraham on Money FM 89.3. Money FM 89.3, 12 to 1 with Adrian Abraham. So there's a plan to launch 100 pieces of art into space by 2025 and place them on the surface of the moon as a permanent exhibition. Now, this will be called the Moon Gallery, and a local artist and designer, Lakshmi Mohanbabu, is the first and only Singaporean artist selected to be part of that project. And it's my pleasure to welcome onto the show Lakshmi to tell me all about this exhibition, her life. I mean, she has a very interesting upbringing, and to share her plans about the future. So, Lakshmi, how are you? Hey, Adrian. Hi, how are you? Thank you so much for the introduction and having me here today on the show with you. My pleasure. I guess the first place that we have to start is who contacted you to be part of such a unique exhibition? Well, that's kind of a long story. I had someone who was following my art and he actually introduced me and said that your work has to should definitely be on the moon. And that kind of started this whole process and a series of collaborations that I've had ever since. So it's been a journey of two years now. And in terms of the art that you're sending to the moon, I mean, I got to come by and check them out. They are incredibly small. You've got two cubes. Tell me what makes these cubes unique because there was a lot of research that went into it and the designs are, you know, very detailed. Well, they actually are based on a series of paintings of mine called the Interaction Series of Paintings. And I thought it was it had the perfect idea, you know, because uh, the artwork that's being sent to the moon, it had to have some meaning, some meaning to for humanity. So I did the first cube, uh, the Interaction Cube, which was also in collaboration with the uh, NTU and NAMIC. I then got to have this great collaboration with Professor Matteo and his team at NTU, who were also introduced by Namek, to produce the first 3D printed cube. So that's how I have the two uh, cubes that are going to the moon before 2025. Yeah, when I first read your story, first thing that stands out is the first Singaporean to send art to the moon. But there was another bit in there which I definitely want to talk about is you grew up in war-torn Afghanistan. You spent your formative years there because your dad was placed there by the UN at the height of the war. Now, are there certain anecdotes that you can recall from that time? It was a really interesting sort of uh, move uh, because going to Afghanistan was this uh, country that was already war-torn and uh, you had regular assassinations. It's after we went there that the Soviets occupied Afghanistan. And uh, what made it really interesting was that it was this little bubble where the international community was very close-knit because there were so few from each uh, place. So it was like this melting pot in a war-torn country. I mean, it's the most unexpected kind of uh, situation. But that actually led me to meet people from all parts of the world and understand the commonalities that you see between people of different cultures. That has actually been a huge influence in my art because I like to pick elements from different cultures and different places and look for common elements that I can use in in my art to say we are really the same people. What a story. I mean, at the height of the war, every day must have been a new challenge, you know, getting away from the bombs and hearing that. Did you, I mean, of course, you, you feared for your life every single day, but how did you manage to just keep everything together? We were always aware that there was, uh, we had to be prepared for something. And in fact, the Afghans had a saying that every bullet has a name on it. And if your name is on it, you are going to die, you know. So you kind of live with this feeling that it's not going to be me. And that kind of lets you live a very normal life, looking forward to the next day and the next, and just assuming that nothing's going to happen to you. And as long as nothing does, well, you just come out of it, you know, absolutely okay. 
Yeah, and speaking of those bullets, I mean, besides being an artist and a designer, you also make your own jewelry. And there was something very interesting you showed me when I visited you the other day. You've actually brought back a memory from Afghanistan. Yeah, well, I was walking on the streets of uh, of Kabul. I mean, it's very very often we'd kind of look down and see, and you, you'd find like little uh, bullet shells. And I had picked up one of those shells, and I made it into a piece of jewelry as a memory from my time in Afghanistan. So that's how I actually like most of my work is uh, has got a little like a little bit of history, you know, behind it. Be it a piece of jewelry, be it the art, it's always got some history to it. You can of course remember everything you went through, and to have that little memory wherever you go. I mean, you might not always have to wear it. But how much more important is it when you're working on such a big step for mankind? How does it make you feel to have this bit of memory with you every day of your life? Well, it's brilliant because I feel it's shaped me as a person. It's also shaped my interactions. And actually, the series is called the Interaction Series. And what has been fantastic is that this has brought about so many different interactions and collaborations that I didn't expect. So it's like the name has, you know, the paintings have lived up to its name or, or vice versa. I even connected with an aunt of mine who used to be, uh, who for a year had been the chairman of the space committee, who was influential in drafting the Moon Treaty, which uh, was crazy because I had a cousin who contacted me saying, my mom's turning 85 and, you know, could you do a video? And I, uh, when I connected with her, she was like, and she said, well, you both have a connection to the moon. And it was unbelievable how I then connected with my aunt and I pretty much speak to her every every few days, even though I hadn't really spoken to her in 30 years. So these kinds of connections that I've come through with just that one series of paintings that has led to sculptures and which I want to also then translate into sculptures all over the world, where it connects people from every part, every place on the globe and ultimately to space as well. Yeah, your art speaks volumes, not only of you as an individual, but all the experiences you've had, because you were born in India, you grew up in Afghanistan, you moved to Singapore. Now, when someone says you're the first Singaporean artist in space, has that settled in yet? Is that still something hard can digest right now? Well, I'm enjoying digesting it, if that makes sense. I mean, it's it's been great because it's sort of, I feel like the connections that have come about with that and how I'm able to connect my art as well to like space, you know, it's, uh, I had already done that. I mean, I'd made the connections with the universe and all of that, but to actually make a real connection and make real collaborations with people, that has been unbelievable. Yeah, it is unbelievable. As you mentioned that we're in conversation with Lakshmi Bogan Babu. She's a local artist and designer, and she's going to be the first and only Singaporean to send art to the moon. She's got these two incredibly detailed cubes that are 3D printed. They're going to be creating a lot of headlines in the years to come. So 2022 is when it's going to you know, head over to the International Space Station. What more can you tell us about the whole process? What's going to happen next once it goes to the space station? Well, when they go to the space station, it's going to be videotaped, obviously, the entire journey to to the space station and, and back. So it's been this huge effort by the Moon Gallery team as well to put all this together to, right now they were in the process of packing all the all the materials to send for the flight. The kind of detail and work that goes into it, it is also incredible. So again, that's another series of collaborations that you see along the way. It's been the effort of a lot of people. Will you be part of this journey? I mean, the cubes will go to the space station, but will you be accompanying them is the question. I would absolutely love to do that. If there are no restrictions, I would definitely like to be a a big part of that. Yeah, absolutely. It's 
a very uh, challenging situation dealing with uh, restrictions and different phases. But if all goes well, then, you know, you could be with your two pieces hand in hand going uh, to the International Space Station as well. You do so many different types of art. So when someone asks you, what sort of art do you work on? You kind of find it hard to give them an exact answer and to nail it on because it's research-based as far as I understand. Yeah, absolutely. So, of course, uh, even in, in earlier, I had a lot of challenges because, you know, when you try to have people convinced that they, you know, they need to put up your work or have it in the gallery, uh, you know, I would always be told that art needs to speak to me. And, uh, or, you know, so there are these concepts of, you know, what art has to do or it has to follow a certain style. And I understand that because that's, I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, art or not art, I mean, it, there's a marketing angle to it. And I thought to myself that I'm not going to follow a style, but I'm going to follow a thought or a thought process in the creation of my work. And art does not really, like art speaks to different people differently because we all perceive things absolutely differently. So I, my idea was that I cannot change the perception of someone who's viewing my art, but I can definitely put together or put forward what I had in mind when I was creating that work of art, which I think is very important. And which is why I give very detailed explanations of what the art is about to simplify the art, not complicate it quite the other way around. So when I was creating my work, you know, I tried, like I said, make connections from different parts of the world, pick cultural symbols from different parts of the world to show how we are similar, like numbers, you know. But uh, at the end of the day, the person who's perceiving it should know my viewpoint. It's not like he comes, he sees and it speaks to him automatically. That does not happen. That has been my approach to my work. And I kind of use like this concept of duality, like the ups and downs in life, exactly like you have a negative response to your work or a positive response. It's an up and a down. And that is an angle that I use in absolutely everything that I do, what we perceive and what we reflect. And that has come through even in the cubes, the, the moon cubes, that, that is the basic idea behind it. So, uh, and I link it to things like, the, or symbols like the yin and the yang, or mandala, and you know, ideas that are there in philosophy. So this duality that you see is something I used in the expression series as well, as well as the interaction series. In the interaction series, you see its spaces, its forms, geometric forms. In the expression series, it's about expressions and emotions where you have high and a low. So you have joy and you have sorrow. You have agony and you have ecstasy. And, you know, one cannot exist without the other because you cannot understand what a, a high would be unless you've ex you have actually experienced a low in your life. So it's the ups and downs in life. Yeah, I wanted to get to the expression series as well, because that's something that you've been working on as well. What was the inspiration behind this concept? So uh, when I thought of expression, I really thought of you know, all kinds of theater and performances like kabuki and Chinese opera. And, uh, you know, I, because that is where you really like, you know, there's that expression and there's an expression of form as well. So I picked up emotions or expressions like, like I said, joints or love and hate or even not just visual, but acoustics, you know, things that are related to all the senses. I like the whole sensory kind of perception idea. And I created paintings in pairs and they were all done in just two colors, uh, red and black on white paper in acrylic, which is quite difficult to tackle. And each expression is the opposite of the other. And they're done with very simple line forms, but very kind of simplified uh, forms. And even though it is, abs it, it is figurative in form, it's the exact same idea that I have used in the interaction series of paintings, which is now going to the moon. Yeah. On one hand, you're sending art to the moon. On the other hand, you just keep working more and more. But, you know, it's, it's a very unique portfolio that you've built up. I asked you earlier what it was like to be the first Singaporean artist in space. 
but also all this attention that you're getting now, you did say that, that you're enjoying it and you are digesting it well. But does that mean you have to raise the bar again once all this goes to the moon? What's next? Well, I just feel like it's it's kind of go, going to let me continue with whatever other ideas I had. And it's kind of got me thinking way more creatively about how to translate the work into other things like products, you know. So like, I don't know, it could be beverage or it could be food. Yeah, food and beverage. It could be uh, interior accessories. It could be buildings. It could be absolutely anything that you perceive or you see, not just art that hangs on the wall. And I have plans to create a number of products along along the lines of the interactions and expression series based on the idea that, yeah, it, you can connect to space, you connect to the rest of the world uh, using these products in, in a number of different ways. I guess people also ask you, Lakshmi, how do you keep it going? Because you work on so many different things and you're always, you know, occupied uh, with these different projects. But where does the inspiration come from to, you know, just keep going and to have all these different ideas and expand on these ideas? And you not only design, but you do the whole creative process from the music to the whole production. It's all you. It's a one with your husband as well. But but the whole design aspect (laughs) um, is done by you. So how do you keep going? Well, thankfully, I've had a lot of help from Birtaj because, uh, yeah, sure, you can come up with the ideas and say, yeah, you know, those would make great coasters or those would make great, uh, you know, such and such. Or scarves, great plates, scarves or as well. Great scarves. <laughs> and there's a lot of work that goes into, yeah, the idea is fine, but how do you actually get it made? Or there's quality control, there's contacting people, there's making sure it happens, making sure it gets produced. So Gurtaj has been like fantastic in helping me with making sure that all of that gets done. And yeah, without that, yeah, not, none of it would be possible. It is a dream team. They are creating some serious noise over here in Singapore. I mean, the art speaks for itself, but the whole thought process uh, is on a whole new level as well. Going forward in terms of how people can find out more about not only your work, but about your art and everything else that you've been working on. Where do they go? Well, I have my gallery at home. People who are interested in seeing my work are always welcome to come to come to see it. And I also have my website where absolutely everything is there with explanations. And I, mean, I do update it on you know, what's happening, especially with the moon cubes. Yes, yeah, so you can see all of my work there. Yes, you certainly can. And uh, let me just tell you, the gallery is incredible because it's not just you see the art, but there's a story behind all of these things. And and it just makes sense at the end of the day. I also have to ask you, you have so many projects that you work on. You're dealing with the COVID-19 pandemic, but I guess that's worked in your favor. But, you know, how do you unwind? Well, actually, work is kind of unwinding. It's, it's <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, it's kind of meditative for me. You know, it's it's what keeps me going every day. It's uh, it's the unwinding process. So it's it's perfect. I, I I can't complain because it's really what I want to do all day, literally. Yeah, we've learned all about Lakshmi's work and her life story about how she grew up in different parts of the world. But Lakshmi, from all the experiences that you've gathered over the years, right, living in multiple countries, how have you portrayed that in your art? So, of course, when I came across people like you're talking about growing up in Afghanistan, one of the things I found really fascinating about the people I met there were they were all very well-traveled. And it was at a time when people weren't as well-traveled as they are today, because this is, I'm talking about 40 years ago. 
And what I found really fascinating about most of my friends was in their dress or what, you know, everything that they wore, even the, you know, the house, how they decorated it. It had elements from different parts of the world. So, you know, it wasn't really like I wear, you know, a particular brand, but it would be like, you know, I got this from China on this visit there. I got this from Portugal or I got this from Spain. And, you know, so, and that was something that I found very fascinating because it was like creating this whole individualistic look rather than blending with the masses where every person had this very individualistic style, but it was blended and borrowed from all parts of the world. And that was an angle that really influenced me in absolutely everything, you know, because even as a designer, that is uh, an element that I bring into my work. So when I design jewellery, I will pick up pieces from different parts of the world and then blend it together to create a piece. An upbringing in the UN international community in war-torn Afghanistan. She became an architect, artist, fashion and jewellery designer. And she's going to be the first Singaporean artist in space. She's sending these two unique cubes there. Actually, they'll go to the International Space Station next year. And we can't wait to follow your journey and be with you every step of the way. Thank you so much for joining me on the show. And I wish you all the best. And I can't wait to come back not only to the gallery, but to hear about what your cubes are going to be doing on the moon. Oh, thank you so much, Adrian, for having me on the show. It's been great. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.